Hey, Takeover Church, thank you so much for checking out today's message, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube. We are so grateful that you are here. We pray it blesses you and encourages you and that you will like, share, and subscribe across all Takeover platforms. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. We love you guys. Um, for church news, and that's it for church news, my man. All that's left is to introduce our associate pastor, Scott Fletcher, to share an amazing word this morning. Yes. Would you welcome our associate pastor, Scott Fletcher? Morning, what's going on? I love you so much. You're gonna kill it, guys. Once again, give it up for Scott. What a legend! I'm gonna situate this a little different today. There you are. Okay. Man, I tell you what. uh, Thanks for making me all emotional before I came up here. Um, That is amazing, though. I honestly, that's very. It's very convicting to me, just, uh, I mean, I, if I'm going to be up here preaching, I might as well be honest. Um, I have been lately, I've, for some reason, I've been feeling like I've been struggling with, um, with faith when it comes to seeing myself be healed of things, seeing other people be healed of things, and I mean, to hear that testimony is just, I mean, that lights me up. That's, that's insane, so I love it. Um, yeah. Jesus is awesome. I love it. Okay, so before uh, before I get started, um, obviously we're still in our relationship series called Summer Loving. Okay, it's been it's been awesome so far. I hope that you guys have uh, have gotten a lot out of it. I know that uh, that I've definitely learned quite a bit. I wasn't here last week. Um, my my wife Shani and I shout out to my wife Shani who is serving um, over in kids right now teaching uh, all of our kiddos about Jesus, which is pretty cool. Um, but we we celebrated our one year anniversary last week, so we took a, we took a little vacation. You know, we kind of um, hung out with just by ourselves and took a rest. Um, but just wanted to kind of give her a shout out because that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. But, uh, so we had our one year anniversary, okay? So Matt asked me, he's like, you know, you guys are just, you have such a great relationship and, you know, you made it a year, you're very inspirational to me. So, you know, I just, could you give a few words of wisdom on relationships? And I humbly agree. I was like, I'll tell you what I know. Um, I'm just kidding. But, uh, but no, I did tell him that. Shani said that it was just really easy to have a good relationship when you have such a great husband. So we should just get her up here to talk about it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, for real though, it's it it would be the I mean be the complete opposite way around. If, if somebody's gonna preach on how to get the best spouse, it would have to be me. Um, because she's she's awesome. She's she's got the best life in the world, and I love her. Um, but all that to say, happy anniversary um, to my awesome wife, and also to say, like I just said, it's it's been a year. Okay, we don't know everything. Okay, I'm not going to stand up here. I'm not going to claim to be an expert on all this stuff because I'm not. Yeah. Um, but I also think that that is the great thing about relationships is you don't have to be an expert sure. um, to have to have a great relationship. Sure. Uh, as long as you apply God's word right. you know, and let Jesus be at the center. You don't have to be a perfect person. You don't have to be an expert on this thing to have a great relationship. Right. Yeah, okay. Um, I just want to move this real quick here. But uh, 
But yeah, so I think that's pretty cool when it comes to having a relationship. We rely on God's word, and we can end up having a great relationship, really, not because of us, but because of Jesus. Yeah, okay. Um, so with that being said, uh, I'm going to get into uh, some scripture, okay? And um, just a heads up, I've got a lot of scripture today. I've got one main verse, uh, but I have a lot of other verses in here today, so... I'm going to be looking at my notes a lot today because I just have a lot that I want to make sure that we get in here, okay? Sure, um, but I'm coming out of Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, and it says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Yeah, that's good. I'm going to pray real quick and then we're going to get into it, all right? Lord, thank you so much for your word and, and the impact that it has on our lives and our relationships and, and how we can use that um, to just strengthen ourselves. We pray that you would bless uh, this, this time that we have together, that you would get all the glory and that you would just help us to... Um, strengthen our relationships in this place today, and that uh, that you would just be honored. We pray this all in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. So this morning, I know that we, we've been in this relationship series. I'm gonna need some of y'all to just kind of talk back to me here, okay? Yeah. So the title of my message this morning is "Know Your Role." Okay. Know your role. Oh, I knew it. I love it. Know your role, okay? Shut your mouth. Exactly. Oh my god. Okay. Nerds <laughs> oh, in the building. Um, but today I'm going to try to switch things up a little bit, okay? Usually when I preach, um, I, I like to tell a lot of stories. I that's just kind of I communicate very well that way. Um, I like to use a lot of humor and just some funny past experiences to to kind of get my point across. Um, but today we're we're kind of in a different style of a series. And um, you know, we're speaking on relationships and, and, and all that. More specifically, I just want to talk about the, the roles that we have in those relationships, okay? That's um, good. And I'm not talking about like roles like who's going to take the trash out or do the dishes or who makes more money or makes dinner and all that stuff. I'm, that's, that's low level stuff that you can figure out, okay? Mm -hmm. um, I want to dig into to the real stuff, okay? What, what is your role when it comes to keeping your relationship alive and healthy? Yeah, okay, what, uh, what is your role when it comes to the well-being of your significant other or your spouse? Because we all have roles, okay? Um, and uh, one of the big ones is what, what is your role when, when maybe you don't have a boo thing? Okay, maybe you're in a single season, there's, no, there's nobody there. What is your role? Yeah. Okay, um, I want to get into all that stuff today. And I guess that, that's, that's a good place to start is... With the, the single people, okay? Where, uh, where are my single people at? Yeah! Yeah! Zach? This is for you, buddy, okay? <laughs> That's I, I got a blow up your spot a little bit. Um, but no, this is, this is kind of the, the, the point where I'm just going to kind of talk to the, the single people, okay? Um, and I know that a lot of series like this, if you're single, it can kind of feel like Right. Maybe I check out a little right. bit. This this doesn't really pertain to me, or I don't just I really don't feel like like I can connect with this material. Okay, mm -hmm. and so far I think that Matt and Adrian have done a very good job of not 
isolating the single people in church. I think that we've done that very well. Um, but that's just another reminder that this is for you, okay? This is for all the single people, not just this section, okay? The whole, the whole thing here today, you have something to learn, okay? Mm -hmm. um, because you, you still have a role, okay? And I know saying that, I, I understand that I just read a verse at the beginning here that is normally read at weddings. Like, mm -hmm. if you're single, you're probably like, this dude just read one of the <laughs> most popular wedding verses and he's gonna sit here and tell me that this is important to me when I don't even, I don't even have a girlfriend. Um, I get it. It's still important though, okay? And, and it's important because you have a role in the, the single season that you're in, okay? Um, you have a role in that future relationship. You have a responsibility to that future relationship and to your future spouse, okay? And let me tell you from experience, that's something that it took me far too long to, to understand and, and realize, is that you still have a responsibility to that future spouse, okay? So the, the, the sooner that you can recognize that and that you can change your behavior and start to act accordingly, like you do have a responsibility, yeah. the, the more pain and heartbreak that you're going to save yourself, like a hundredfold. If you can act responsibly thinking of your future spouse now, you will save yourself on the back end, oh, okay? okay. <clears throat> um, so, so what does that responsibility include, okay? First and foremost, um, I, I, I think, you know, when we, we think of that scripture that I opened up with, like I said, it's, it's easy for somebody that's single to, to hear that and just kind of check out and not want to deal with it um, because it doesn't really pertain to you. <clears throat> but uh, in the last verse, it says, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Okay, so let's take a look at that for a minute. The concept of a cord made of three strands. Okay, so when somebody is making a, a cord, one of these ropes, they want to make sure that all three strands that they're using in this rope are, are all of the same strength level. Yeah. They're all going to hold up. Right. See, that you don't want to build one of these cords with, if you have two strong ropes, but then you have one weaker rope, you put that all together, you braid it up, and that, that weaker piece isn't going to be pulling its weight. Right. Yeah. The other two pieces are going to have more stress and more pressure on them That's because there's a weaker weaker strand in there, okay? So it, it's not gonna be able to keep up with the, with the other strands. So your responsibility to your future spouse is to strengthen yourself up in this single season, okay? To prepare yourself to be the best spouse that you can be for them. Right. It's not just a, a free-for-all season, okay? Right. You're preparing yourself for them. Yeah. Okay, in Ephesians 4, verse 1, I, like I said, I got a lot of scriptures, so I'm coming out of a lot of different places here, okay? It says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Part of your calling is, is who you're going to marry. Part of your calling is who you're going to do life with, who your spouse is going to be. So as we think about this today, are you living a life that is worthy of your future spouse? Okay. Are you living a life that is worthy of that calling on your life? And are you taking care of yourself in a way that is honoring to them? Or, I mean, are you maybe just chasing after every other single person that you see in Grand Rapids? I mean, that's a serious question. Mm -hmm. You know, or maybe you are trusting in, in the Lord 
to, to come through on his promises. Because that's what we should be doing. Because he does come through on his promises. Yes, if he, he has does. placed that in your heart, he will come through on that promise right, to you. Right, good. Because if you're, if you're trusting in him and in, in his word and his promise to you, there's no reason to be chasing anyways. Yeah. Because chasing after, um, chasing after someone that you're not meant to be with is only going to lead to pain and, and that heartbreak. Okay? It's not going to leave you feeling satisfied and fulfilled just chasing after something that's not meant to be there. Okay? <clears throat> so instead of chasing, I am suggesting, this is not like a self-help seminar, okay? But I'm suggesting that you focus on you, okay? If you're in that single season, focus on you. Focus on your relationship with Jesus and strengthening that up, okay? <clears throat> um, if you're able to do that, if you're able to focus on yourself and strengthening your relationship with Jesus, then when that time comes and you find that person who is a great option for that third strand in that cord, then you've, you've built yourself up enough to, to hold fast in that relationship. Yeah, yeah, You're not going to be that weaker third strand that is, is putting pressure on the other cord or on the other strands. Right. Okay, you're going to have a strong cord there. All right? Um, and one of, the, one of the main things that you can do in that single season to keep your is, is to keep your mind, your body, and your intentions pure yeah. in, in, that, in that single season there, okay? And, you know, this doesn't just apply to single people. It applies to, to all of us, even if you're married or you're dating or whatever. Okay, it's you, you can you can be married or dating and you can have thoughts and, and actions and intentions that are, are not pure. That's you can def, that's definitely a possibility. I mean look at the world that we live in. But I'm just happens to be that I'm specifically speaking to the single people right now. Okay? In 1 Corinthians 6.18, it says, Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body yeah. or her own body. You're sinning against yourself in that regard. Okay? Now, if you're a, a single person and you're preparing yourself to, to be with a spirit-filled partner, the thing that's going to hinder that relationship the most is going to be sexual immorality. Okay, that, that's going to be a huge problem later on. And, and, I mean, don't get me wrong, by no means am I saying that if you've had sex outside of marriage or you've had a struggle with pornography or any of these things that that, that disqualifies you from having right. a great relationship. Right. It does not. Right. It doesn't disqualify you. Jesus' grace covers a multitude of sins, right. including sexual sin. Okay? That's included. But there are still ramifications for those actions, okay? You know, there, there's a reason that, that God lays out how sex should be in the confines of, of marriage. There's a reason for that. And the reason being is that, that he, he created you. He created your mind. God knows how your mind works, how your brain operates, okay? The lasting impact that past sexual experiences or... The, the images, the, the videos that you see, that ha that does have a lasting impact mm -hmm. on you. Yeah. And it can end up having an impact on your future relationship and on your future partner, even years later. Yeah. That can still come out in very negative ways. Mm -hmm. So that is the, the purpose of Jesus wanting to have that that sex, that part of your relationship in marriage. Yeah. Okay, that's what it's that's where it's meant to, to thrive. Yeah, okay. And, you know, the same can be said if you're in a dating relationship. Um, 
you know, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but if you if you haven't put a ring on it and said I do, then that's not your husband, okay? That's not your wife. So hands off the merchandise, okay? Leave it alone. Hello. Okay, it's that's not where it's meant to be. Right. Okay? Even if you in your mind are 100% gonna marry this person, even th if that's your, your ultimate end goal, you're like, I can see myself with her forever. Yeah. I can tell you right now, none of us know what God has in store for our futures. Okay? You can, there's just no telling. God has things in store for you far above what you can ever dream or imagine. Yeah, that's true. And sometimes, you know what? That relationship that you're in, doesn't work out. Right. Sometimes you, you end up somewhere else. That's just the fact of the matter. I'm not trying to be a buzzkill or anything. That's just how it happens a lot of times. And you, you know, it's even if you do end up marrying that person, it, it comes down to a matter of respect. Okay, respecting that person and yourself and your relationship and your relationship with the Lord and the Word of God enough to abstain from that before you are married. Because on that off chance that you don't end up with that person, the, the most respectful thing that you can do for that person is to leave that intact for their future spouse. And for you as well. And again, I'm not, I'm not calling anybody out. I'm not trying to make this a, a total buzzkill here. Like I said, if, if, that, if you've been in that situation, that doesn't disqualify you from having a great relationship. That's still available. I'm just laying out the, the, the way that God has intended this to happen. Okay? So anyways, that is, that is what we're called to do. In terms of being in a single season or in a dating season, and if we have the idea of strengthening yourself up to be the best spouse that you can be, you know, to be that, that strong third strand, that's one of the best things that you can do is to, to flee from that sexual immorality and lean into Jesus' word and his calling on your life, to yeah. lean into that. Exactly. You know, if you're single or you're dating, that is your role in that future relationship, yeah. is to strengthen yourself up and to build yourself up to be that person that, that your future spouse deserves, that they need you to be. Yeah. That's your role, okay? Now, kind of touched on the, the single people here, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, going to move on to the married ladies in the room, okay? Whoa! Okay. Hit, we're going to hit everybody today, okay? Mm -hmm. So where, where are my married ladies at? Woo! There we go, okay? So, do you know your role? Mm -hmm. I think, do you know your role? I think I do. Okay. <laughs> I'm going I'm to explain a few different roles that... I, be, I believe are biblical here, okay? And I'm just going to start with a, a biblical definition of what an excellent wife is from Proverbs 31, 10 through 11, okay? Mm -hmm. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. Now, if you've been in church for even a little bit, you've probably heard somebody mention like a Proverbs 31 woman, like, oh, she is definitely a Proverbs 31 woman. That's what they're talking about, okay? That's what they're, that's what they're saying. Um, and before I get any of you wives in here kind of turning to your husband and dropping the old, I told you I was worth those diamonds because I'm more precious than jewels. Just hold on, okay? Chill out. 
I'm going to read it again, okay? <laughs> Rhinestones. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. Yeah. Have, you, have you been an excellent wife? Are you being an excellent wife? I think that's a good question to, to ask yourself here. And all the husbands that, did, that just got excited now, just calm down, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm going to get to us next. <laughs> but for real, ladies, take, take a serious look at your life. And this, this applies to the single people as well, like I just said. Are you preparing yourself to be one of those excellent Proverbs 31 wives, okay? But just take a look at your, your, your life, your relationship with your husband, your relationship with Jesus, and ask yourself, do you fit that description of a Proverbs 31 woman? You know, and I'm not trying to call anyone out or offend anyone, but just that's something that I'm just throwing a question out there, and I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit do his thing. Do, do you feel like you fit that mold? Okay, just, I want you to think on that as we move forward into these roles here, okay? Mm -hmm. But Genesis 2.18 says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Mm -hmm. Now, it's easy to look at this passage and kind of see that for a long time this piece of scripture has been used to kind of hold women down yeah. under authority, right. okay? Um, that's not okay. I'm not going to use it that way. I'm going to try to challenge us to kind of flip it on its head here. Okay? Um, I want to take a different look at it. Because what if it's not a statement about authority and, and taking a secondary role to your husband, but what if instead it's a statement of cooperation? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I see, I, I think that, that God knows men pretty well. Okay? And... You know, when, when he says it is not good that man should be alone, I 100% agree with that. Okay, have you ever been on a, on a guy's trip? Oh, man. Because if you're a woman, you have not, because then it's not a guy's trip, it's just a trip. Okay? <laughs> if it's a guy's trip and men are left to their own devices, it is a great success if somebody doesn't end up dead or in the hospital or something is completely destroyed. Okay? Yeah, it's... That's a guy's trip for you. That's a successful guy's trip. Okay? You know, that is the real reason that God said it's not good that man should be alone, okay? Because without women, we'd all be dead or maimed, okay? For real. But seriously, when, when it says helper, it's not saying that, like, this woman is only here to serve the man and to, to deliver on his every beck and call, okay? That's not what that means at all. No, ladies, your, your role as a helper is so much more than that. See, us, us men, we literally need your help to function and stay alive. You now, we, we need guidance and wisdom from our wives. That's what we need. Okay? And uh, it's, it's the same reason that uh, a captain of a ship has, has a first mate. You know, it's not so that, you know, it doesn't, not so he has someone there that he can belittle and, and make do all the, the jobs that he doesn't want to do. That's not the reason for a first mate. The reason for a first mate is because the, the captain values their opinion. Yeah. He values their, their insight, what they have to say, their, the advice they can give. And he knows that a lot of times that the first mate can, can see things that, that he can't see, right. can get things done that he can't get done. Right. You know, it's not them playing two, uh, playing two different roles, not having a secondary role. It's them working as a team, you know, making sure that they have a successful voyage and make it safely. The role of a helper is so much more than just being a backup to someone. That's not your role as a helper, okay? 
The second role that I want to touch on is, is being an, an encourager, okay? So ladies, I'm telling you right now, one of the best things that you can do to, to show your husband love and respect is to encourage him, to be his biggest fan, okay? In 1 Thessalonians 5.11 it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Encouragement can go such a long way. Okay, I'm telling you right now, there is no limit to what your man can do if you stand behind him and tell him that you believe in him, that you support him, that, that you have faith in him, okay? I'm, I just try it for a second. Just tell him that you believe in him and watch him. He'll do everything for you, okay? <laughs> Fix everything around the house, I promise. It'll blow your mind. But that's another big role is to be that encouragement, that support system behind him there, okay? All right, so we've established the roles of helper and encourager, okay? And the third one that I'm going to give you this morning is, is kind of a, a dual role. Okay? And I think it's the most important role, all right? Ladies, you are mighty faith warriors and slash correctors, okay? I know, I just, Adrian just got excited about that one. <laughs> Correctors. I know that we have some lady warriors in our church, okay? You guys fired me up. I know that you guys all are here. And when you go into a marriage, you are still called to be a mighty faith warrior, okay? That doesn't die off because you get a husband, okay? That still is your role, all right? In the book of Acts, it speaks of this, this couple, okay? This Priscilla and her husband, Aquila? Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Aquila. Okay. I get confused on that one a lot, so bear with me. But it's, they're, they're this, this couple, okay? And, um, you know, they, they're, they're this married couple. They worked and they traveled and they did ministry with the Apostle Paul. All right? And they're OG Bible couple. They're awesome, okay? They're like Jay-Z and Beyonce, but for Jesus back in the day. Okay? They're a power couple. Now, I was doing some research, kind of dug a little bit into, into these two, and the one thing that I really loved reading is that you know, Luke makes it clear that their relationship is, is interdependent. Okay, she is not his property, as was very customary in that time period yeah. and that culture. She was considered his equal. Okay, they did ministry together. Yeah. And in verse 18 in Acts, it, it describes this dude Apollos, who it says he was competent in the scriptures, he had been um, instructed in the way of the Lord, and he taught the things of Jesus accurately. But it also says that, that he knew only the baptism of John. So he begins speaking in the synagogues, he begins preaching, and Priscilla and Aquila hear him, and it says they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Okay, now, first of all, that's some teamwork right there, okay? That is hashtag Christian couple goals, okay? That is what we should all be striving for is doing ministry together like that with our spouse. Yeah. That's amazing. But on top of that, the scripture, notice, it, it, it uses Priscilla's name first, okay? It's not just Aquila and his wife. It uses her name first. I think that is very purposeful mm -hmm. in this scripture, okay? It's not by accident. And I would bet that in this relationship between Priscilla and Aquila, that there are no punches pulled when it comes to correction. I would assume, based on what we have just seen where they correct someone together, that in their relationship, if Aquila needs 
correction that Priscilla is going to pull him aside and she is going to give that correction to him. I, I just, I, based on what we've seen, I can't fathom that not being the case. Right. Right? She is going to give him that correction. Okay? So ladies, do not hesitate in your marriage to be that fierce faith warrior and to offer your husband correction if he needs it. Okay? Yeah, I understand that's a very dangerous spot as a husband to say that, okay? But... Obviously, we're doing that out of love and respect right. and, and for the better of your husband and, their, and your relationship, okay? Because you love that person. That's good. But don't be afraid to offer that correction because that is a major role in your relationship, okay? So, ladies, know your role. Your helpers, your encouragers, fierce faith warriors, and correctors, okay? Good. Now, on to the husbands. Where are all the husbands at? Hey! Okay. Good job, man. Um, I hope that you've enjoyed listening so far because now I'm kind of putting us on blast. Okay. Let's go. Get it. But first of all, we are leaders in our relationships. Okay. I got a couple more pieces of scripture here. In Ephesians 5:23, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself a savior. We are the head of our households, okay? Now, if we look later in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children in anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Yeah. We are called to be the spiritual leader in our household, yeah. okay? I'm going to do the same thing for us right now. I can't give a call out to the ladies and not give a call out to us as well. Are you being the spiritual leader in your household? Are you leading well? Come on, Scott. Okay? I, I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to insult anybody. I'm just trying to have you do some self-evaluating, okay? Ask yourself this question and let the Holy Spirit do what he does. Stir up your soul. Okay? Single guys, same thing here. I understand you're not married yet. If that is your plan to someday be married... How are you preparing to be the best leader that you can be in that relationship yeah, yeah. spiritually? Come on. Okay? Being a leader is not an easy thing. Okay? It takes work. Not, not many people just wake up one day and are, you know what? I, I'm a really good leader. I'm going to lead this whole group of people. Do whatever. It doesn't happen that way. Okay? It takes dedication and hard work. Okay? So... With that being said, what are you doing to improve your leadership skills, your leadership ability in your home? Yeah, good. You know, are you initiating the conversation about Jesus in it? Are you initiating the conversation about what you're reading currently in the Bible with your wife and with your kids? Are you doing those things? Or is that just kind of something that kind of is on the back burner, you know, after we have dinner and talk about work and school and how everything else in our lives is going? Is that something that might be brought up? Or is that on the front line of what your conversation is with your family every single day. Because but when, when we think of, of intimacy in relationships, everybody immediately jumps to sex, right? And when you, and everybody thinks intimacy, that goes right to, to sex. That's the, the one thing that everybody thinks about first. Okay, but do you know how intimate it is to get with your spouse and read your Bible together? Before you've had a long day, before you go to bed you just spend 10, 15, 20 minutes in prayer, praying over each other, praying over your family together, that is, that's real intimacy right there. Wow. And I know, I know as men, a lot of times, you know, it's, it's 
seen as weak and not manly to to want to be intimate and, and show your feelings or emotions, you know. But in all honesty, that's that's how we lead, guys. That's how we lead our wives and our families. Okay. You can't you can't lead your wife and your family and still be keeping them at a, at arm's length. It doesn't work that way. Okay. You can't lead somebody who you're you're keeping this far away from you. Okay. They must be in close. You must be vulnerable with them, and and share that that spiritual. Um, the spiritual spot with them. Okay, they, it has to be together. All right. Um, and in the same vein, you know, we are also called to be lovers and comforters as well. Okay. In, in Colossians three nineteen, it says, "Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them." Okay. That's, those are some pretty simple instructions, guys. Am I, I mean, pretty straightforward. Love her unconditionally and approach every situation with grace and not out of a, a place of being harsh, okay? Approach it with a gentle manner, okay? You know, I wish that I could stand up here and say that that is something that is super easy for me, but I would be lying. It is, it's difficult. When things are heated, there are disagreements and intense situations, that's a hard spot to come out of a place of being gentle and not being harsh with someone. Yeah. Okay? But when you're living, especially when you're you're in that relationship and you're with that person every day and you're living together, it's difficult. But that is our responsibility. Yeah. Okay? When, when those situations, when it's frustrating, you know, we always have to remember that, that she is, is our responsibility. She's your responsibility. Yeah. Okay? And it's your duty to love her well and to not be harsh. And, you know, with that being said, it, unfortunately, it doesn't really get a whole lot easier for us, okay? Because um, the Word explains to us exactly how we are supposed to love her and comfort her, but it, that doesn't make it any easier, okay, to actually do. Because in Ephesians 5.25, it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Okay. Now, not only are we called to lead and love our wives, but we are also called to protect our wives. We're protectors as well. Okay, and this is the hardest of all three, because we must protect her with everything that we have, including laying down our own lives. Okay, and I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to start one of those like hypothetical like. Oh, if somebody broke in with a gun, would you step in front of the bullet and take a bullet for your wife? I'm not starting one of those conversations because a majority of husbands, majority, 99.9% would would say yes. That's an easy question to have asked. You'd be like, oh, of course, I'm going to step in front of my wife and protect her, okay? Generally, that's that's the response. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not trying to start one of those conversations, okay? The harder part is laying down your life for her every single day. Yeah, okay? Uh, laying down your desires, laying down your pride and your selfishness for her every single day. Placing her first and foremost. That is much harder. Right. You know, because it's, like I said, it's a lot easier to consider one of those life and death scenarios and just be like, oh yeah, sure, I would definitely jump on the grenade if it was right there to save her. Okay? Yeah. It's easy to think about that and say yes. It's not so easy to wake up every single day and have one of your first thoughts be, what can I do to, to love my wife today? What can I do to serve her? Yeah. What can I do to make her day better and show her that I love her? Yeah. 
That, that's, a, that's a lot more difficult. But that's what we are called to do. That's part of laying down your life for your spouse. Right. Laying down what you want as, in, in favor of what she is, is desiring. Okay? So th those are our roles in marriage. Okay? To lead her, to love her, and to protect her above all else. Okay? Worship team, you guys can probably make your way back up here. Um, but I, I know I've covered a lot of scripture today. I've kind of been coming all over the place. Um, but I just want to kind of double back to, to the first scripture that I used here for a minute, just one more time. So back to Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Yeah. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Yeah, though, you may be over, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Okay? There's a reason that that's the wedding verse, guys. There's a reason that that, that analogy of the cord and the three strands relates so well to, to our relationships. Okay? And I'm guessing, even if you haven't read that scripture before, you can kind of get the idea of what the three strands are in that relationship, okay? Jesus, you, and your spouse, okay? Jesus is that third strand in the cord, okay? He is what holds relationships together for the long haul. Come on, Scott. Okay? And, you know, there there is such a misconception in our culture about relationships and, and, and having a relationship with someone, um, and love, and, and it actually it's summed up really well in one movie quote. I'm a movie guy, so of course I'm going to give you a movie quote, okay? Um, but it's in the, the movie Jerry Maguire. Anybody seen the movie Jerry Maguire? Show me the money, Scott. Show me the money. It's a great movie. But towards the end of that movie, okay, there's, you have, you have Jerry, okay? One of the most famous movie lines of all time. Jerry, who is, is played by Tom Cruise, tells Dorothy, who is played by Renee Zellweger, he says, you complete me. That's his big line. And then she says, you had me out of all that crap that comes after you. Okay. But he says, you complete me. And that one line has really turned our whole relationship culture on its head big time. Because you have people looking for someone to complete them. See, t not once today have I said anything about your role in a relationship being that, that you need to complete someone or you need someone to complete. Yeah, come on, go there. Okay, go there. And in, the, in, in these relationships, you're, you're not meant to complete one another. It's not two half people coming together to make a whole person. It's two whole people coming together with Jesus to make that strong cord of three strands and to have a great relationship. It's two whole people coming together to complement each other. Okay? That's that's where it's at. It's not it's not two half people trying to fill each other's gaps. That's that's not a thing, okay? And it's not your role to be your spouse's savior either. Okay, that's Jesus. The only person who can be my savior is Jesus. As much as I love Shani, she can't be my savior. Right. She can't. Love her to death. She can't do it. Okay? And in all honesty, 
it's, it's unfair to put that expectation on her. Or to put that expectation on myself that I am her savior. That's unhealthy. I can't have those expectations in this relationship and expect it to be successful. The only person that can be our savior is Jesus Christ. So, as we go back into this last moment of worship today, you know, I want you to, to take some time with, with Jesus and just sort that out if you need to. You know, if you've been, been placing that Savior title on your spouse or your significant other, or you feel like it's been placed on you, sort that out with Jesus right in this moment. Okay, get, get him back to where he needs to be in the order. He's not the one up top. Okay? Or if it's just for you, if it's been the idea of a relationship that has been dominating you instead of your actual relationship with Jesus, take some time and sort that out with him as well, okay? Because that idea of a relationship isn't going to fulfill you like that relationship with Jesus is going to okay? Get that back to where it needs to be. Whatever the case, all right, we're going to go back into this moment of worship and... Just don't let that moment pass without doing some self-examination with him about your relationship and where you're placing him in that relationship. Okay? Alright, we're going to go ahead and worship, so if everybody wants to stand up, I just encourage you to really dig into that and do some soul searching right here. Okay, let the Holy Spirit do its thing. Alright?